Hi, this is Tim Roy, and welcome to the Golden State Warriors podcast. For those who may not know who I am, I've been the radio voice of the Golden State Warriors for the last 27 years. It's a job that I cherish and a job that I never take lightly and enjoy every single minute of interacting with you in Dub Nation. Now, what we're going to do on this podcast over the course of the next few weeks, months, and years, hopefully, is interview a number of different people on different topics. It won't always be about the Warriors. It won't always be about the NBA. But it will be, we hope, interesting, fun, and informative. Today's podcast is posted right after the start of the preseason. The Golden State Warriors went up to Portland, and Jordan Poole, the Warriors' third-year guard out of Michigan, really put on a show as he scored 30 points and had seven threes, which, if it was a regular season game, would be a new career high for him. He was outstanding. He looks like the work he has put in over the last couple of years has really changed his game. And so I I think that Jordan Poole is on the verge of having a very big year for the Golden State Warriors and taking a step forward in his NBA career. Now, as circumstances just fell into our lap, Jordan Poole is our first guest. I talked to him during training camp, and we hope you enjoyed this conversation here on the Warriors podcast. Well, let's get the obligatory out of the way early. Give me your thoughts on camp this year. How's it been, and and how excited are you to be back in the gym? Yeah, first off, appreciate you having me, uh, Tim. Um, it's been good. We got everybody back. Um, we were able to get up and down a little bit today, um, getting people uh, acclimated, uh, accustomed to our offense, um, learning each other's tendencies, um, chemistry, camaraderie. Um, it's been good. Definitely be back together, not just working out by ourselves in the off season. So uh, got a game in a couple of days. That's exciting. You're starting your third year now. You're not the young guy anymore. Not <laughs> to tell me that running around, but I don't know. I don't know yet. So uh, your confidence has never wavered, but I would imagine that going into your third season, the way you played last year, what you've gone through, everybody talks about your work ethic, that your NBA confidence, I imagine, has to be at an all-time high. Um, I just try to stay as even kill as possible, if, if I'm being completely honest. I never try to get too high, and I never try to get too low. Um, I just try to continue to get better at whatever it is I need to get better at, um, continue to work, and let my game essentially just talk for itself. You know, I'm not big on talking about um, you know, anything crazy in the media or you know, boosting myself up, but um, I, I definitely like to let my work do and talk. Where do you get that from? Just growing up at home, open gyms, um, playing on the playground, playing at the park, um, just within the game, within the flow, within the style, even though it's like kind of like slightly organized, unorganized basketball, you kind of just fall into – to matchups, you fall into you know, competition, one-on-one. Um, you got to just kind of back your game up. A lot of people are going to come at you um, and try to expose you, whatever it is, defensively, offensively. Um, I was younger playing against a lot of older guys, so that was like a big thing was he shouldn't be out here with us, let's expose that. And um, I never once backed down from the challenge. And um, credit to my dad, credit to my dad for kind of putting me in that situation. Now, you may not believe this, but at one point I did play a little high school basketball yeah. back in. We, 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 it was a little bit after the shiny shorts, but, but the, you know, the shorts were pretty high at that point. So, Y'all had uh, three lines or what? Or were we 
<laughs> we had the high socks too. <laughs> so, uh, but the reason I bring it up is my brother's been a high school basketball coach. And one of the things he taught me early on, I mean, he's still coaching high school basketball. And well, one of the things he taught me early on was when you're talking about that was you always want to be the worst guy in the, in the pickup game. You always want to be the worst player there because you're going to get better as you were, as you did play against older guys. You're going to get better by doing that. I, I kind of imagine that was your experience. Yeah. I mean, kind of already behind the eight ball physically, um, you know, mentally you're not, you don't know as much as they would do. This is also just regular basketball. You know, this is just within local gyms. Um, but there's a big age difference between a seventh grader and a 35 year old man or a, a grader and a 29 year old, you know? So, yeah. um, but I never looked at it like that. I never looked at it. Like I was the youngest one out there. It was more like, okay, I'm out here just like you guys. I can dribble, pass, and shoot just like everybody else. What's the best way I can affect the game, you know, in a positive way? And um, it essentially just kind of just shaped my career, kind of guided my career. And um, it's just the edge, I guess, that I play with, the chip on my shoulder that I play with um, coming from Milwaukee. Yeah, you mentioned Milwaukee. Uh, and you played for a legendary coach at King High. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. It's G-O-S-E. Yes, Gaz. yes sir. Yeah. Shout out Coach Gaz, man. He went to go coach at Dominican High School. That's my that's my dad right there, man. Much credit to him. He was – guys were like 61 and 11 in the three years you were there. I mean, t- tell me tell me the life lessons you learned from him. Um, He, he was more of a – Tough love, militaristic, um, hard work, just drill type of coach. Um, but he was also one of the first coaches that once you gained their trust, he was all in on you, all in. Whatever it was, he just trusted you. He let you run the team. But he also would, you know, I'm not make an example out of you, but he never shied away from talking from whoever the best player was or the worst. And whatever it was, he called me out on, whether it was – Turnover, defense, not helping, bad shot. Um, I vividly remember my first year. Uh, I think we were supposed to shoot the, the last shot of the the, uh, the half. I was a, I was a freshman playing on varsity, and it's not too many players that play on varsity in our program uh, growing up. But the other team had it, and our student section was counting down: five, four, three. They shot it, they missed. It was really like seven or eight seconds on the on the shot on the clock. Got the rebound. I'm thinking like three, two, one. Like I gotta get it up. So I shoot it with like four seconds left from half court. Everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa!" Like what's going on? But it goes in. It goes <laughs> in. Buzzer, buzzer goes off. We're walking to the to the uh, <laughs> we're walking to the locker room. I'm at half court. Coach runs all the way out there, meets me at half court, and just chews me out the entire time in my ear in front of everybody. This is my first home game. <laughs> I'm talking about just spit all in the ear, everything. I just straight faced, walked to the locker room, and I think that was kind of the time that I really knew, like, that he's uh he's serious about this. And we, our relationship took off after that, so credit to Coach Gons. And you got some of that, too, for early on in Michigan, too, with Coach Beeline, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – two years were definitely a were, – was an experience, a lot to learn. We had a lot of good players on our team. Um, play with a lot of good talent, two successful years, really good years. Um, 
but it was the same same type of situation extremely extremely militaristic like you would have thought i was at west point the way (laughs) they ran that stuff over there in michigan but yeah same type of situation how did you benefit um you just always got to continue to learn whatever it is no matter who you're talking to um high school coach elementary coach players anything everybody has something that you can can learn from and you know, benefit from and take away and add to your life, add to your game. Um, and I try to do that with everything, every position that I'm put into, um, every situation that, um, you know, that I encounter, just try to learn anything, anything. And if you can do that, you got a positive coming out of that situation. Do you try that with your off-court life as well? Do you try to, like, learn new things? Yeah, that's definitely – that's more so – it's more so like a lifestyle um i ended up bringing that on to the to everyday life on the court off the court i ask questions i ask my mom ask my dad if there's something i want to know i look it up or you know um anything anything if you can learn any knowledge and you can get one percent better you'll be okay just like that you know even even now then i'm i'm an old guy but i still every now and then i'll go get a book or read an article about something i don't know anything about because I figure, okay, I got to learn that. I have to be able to learn that. So much that we don't know. And yeah. I think I was having a, co- a conversation with somebody. And um, the older you get, like, you never you don't peak, right? Like, you continue to age. And with age, you gain knowledge and you gain experience. So there's never going to be a point where you peak right here and start to go down. You know, if you're always learning and you're finding something out about your life, other people, or ways that you can impact somebody else, you'll, you'll always be in the trajectory going uh, upward. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I'm much more of a scholar now than I was when I was in college. You know, I was in college, I was trying to get through and get my career started and everything else. But the, the, other, the other thing, the saying I would use on my kids as they were growing up, and still too, they're, they're both in their 20s now, but I used to tell them, he says, you don't know what you don't know. You know, yeah. yeah. That's what Coach B, Coach Beeline used to say that. Yeah. Like, word for word, that was one of his phrases, and uh, it made sense. At first, it's a little bit little bit funky. You don't really kind of, you know, get the term, analogy. Yeah. When you kind of get something or it clicks, finally, all of the time before that, you really realize, like, oh, I just didn't know any better, but now do with time. So. so let's go to uh, the last year and a half. I know you like movies. I know you like going to movies, but did you – were you like a, a Netflix – Netflix freaked the last year and a half because of the pandemic? Um, if anything, I just really, I really kind of just got in touch with the nature outside in San Francisco. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful area. Um, the weather's amazing. Um, so many skylines, so many nice um, open areas, parks, um, trails, hikes. I kind of just was outside a little bit. Um, I was in the gym the entire time during the pandemic. I mean, whenever I got some you know, free time to go outside, I would. Movies, definitely. I mean, that's just lifestyle at this point. Movies, music, um, cookies, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> cookies? Yeah, all the time. You make your own? Um, I have before. I have before, but, you know, if anybody got any special chocolate chip cookie recommendations, hey, I'm willing to be a test taster for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Uh I read somewhere you were a big Toy Story fan. Um, I like the movie. I'm yeah. not like big as like Die Hard, but I definitely have seen the the series for sure. Yeah, classic. It's a classic. Growing oh, up, it's, a, gotta, yeah. it's it's great because it reminds me of the old 
Bugs Bunny cartoons because they're good for kids, but there's also jokes in there for the adults. Yeah, yeah, you know? I, now like, oh, I ain't get that. I ain't get that when I was seven. But I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, same same deal going that way. Uh, you mentioned music. I obviously I I'm probably not gonna get some of the references or some of the artists, but to tell me what you're into. Um, man, I'm into a lot. I can look it up right now. I got a lot of rap music. I've been listening to Drake, some Gunna, um, still Woozy. It's like an indie pop um, type of vibe. A lot of like okay. music, more laid back, West Coast, kind of like chill, happy, upside, uplifting stuff is what I listen to. Um, Khalid, a lot of a lot of Detroit music. You know, I went okay. to. I went to Michigan, so Baby Smooth. Check him out. Tim, look, right okay. there now, I need you to check out Baby Smooth. Okay, I'm writing it down. Baby Face Ray. Two Baby Face Ray. Yeah, yep. Okay. Baby Face Ray and Baby Smooth. Check okay. them out and then uh, <laughs> let me know what you think. There's just a couple of rap artists, but uh, I listen to a lot, man. Jazz, um, a lot of instrumentals, a lot, bro. Anything, it just depends on what the mood calls for. Right. Is a, you can never go wrong with jazz, you know, in my book. You know, it is, there's so much and so many, you know, one thing I will say, and, and a lot of times, you know, you, as you get older, you go, oh, it's not like the music I listen to. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of talented people across the board musically now. I mean, there's talent everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, and what I, what's really fun and interesting about music is, like you said, you can go, you can find anything at any time. Whenever you kind of want to look and search for new music, you can. You'll find a new artist, and they'll have so many good songs, like a good album that you didn't know about, and you can just take time, an hour or so, two hours a day, and just listen to that and add it to the daily repertoire of music and playlists. But, uh, yeah, man, finding good music throughout the, throughout the week, throughout the day is uh, pretty interesting to me. You doing any podcast? Are you listening to any podcast? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I watch a lot on YouTube. Um, I don't really listen to them in terms of like audio purposes, but whenever I catch a couple on YouTube, I will. I was watching JJ Reddick's and uh, Iggy's uh, probably two days ago. Uh, a lot of a lot of hidden gems and stuff like that in there. Yeah, JJ Reddick was in the podcast thing early. He got in on that early, so he's been doing that for a while. That, uh, what is it? Uh, the three old men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's kind of switch back to to this year. And I know that, that, you know, we're all excited to see Clay back. Nobody deserves to get back on the floor more than that guy. And, and we all love Clay. Uh, but in his absence, you're going to play a, a role, much like he did last year. Does it, does it matter to you in terms of starting coming off the bench or, or, is, or is just getting into the flow and playing the minutes yeah. matter? Uh, I mean, a little, little bit of both. You know, as a kid, you want to start. And as a competitor, you want to start and want to be one of the first five out there. But, I mean, if – I'm playing 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes, 20, 25 plus minutes. As long as I'm out there, I'm excited. I feel like I can impact the game and I know I can help our team win. And I think our coaches know that as well and our teammates know that. So, um, like, I, I'm a big, big, big team player, team first person. So, whatever it takes for us to win a game, um, I'm going to try to contribute as, as much as possible. Yeah, I think you showed that down the stretch last year. The team goes 15 and 5. You were in the flow of that eight man rotation. Uh, I have to, I know I've asked you this before, but I think it's interesting. 
rookie year was tough because you know the injuries the Warriors had, and you know without Steph and Clay, that's a hard row to go. And but but we saw flashes of Jordan Poole. We saw moments and games of Jordan Poole that were there. And then the beginning of last year, still seeing those flashes. But when you came back from the G League it was almost like those flashes all were coming in a row that we saw how you were, you were becoming the consistent NBA player. Well, is it just a matter of playing and, and the playing time you received down there? Uh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, earlier on first year, obviously it was a lot going on. We had injured players and we were all trying to figure out you know, our identity with the team that we had. Pieces were getting moved. Um, but that was a really big learning year because it more so showed me what it is that I wanted to work on, what it is the team needed, what it is the team wanted me to do. Um, but within all of that, still adding to my personal craft and um, you know, what I am as a player. Then my second year, I felt more than ready coming into the season. It was just we had some vets uh, that were ahead of me, and they wanted you know the coaching staffs wanted to try out, you know, some of the players, some rotations, some lineups, and, you know, try to figure it out um, around the same time that we went down to Orlando. Um, when I came back and I kind of started to know how many minutes I was getting the game, when I was getting in the game, how long I would be in, when I would come out, you know what production you need to bring within that time. You know, it's a bit different if you come in, you may play 12 minutes this night. You may play 20 minutes, but then the next game you don't play at all. You know, and it's like, ah, like, what's the, you got to stay on your toes. You obviously got to stay ready. But when I got back from the G and the coaches kind of gave me the green light to just continue to play how I was playing down there and just, you know, be myself. Um, I think we consistently started to see like 20 minutes or so. Like you said, we were down to an eight-man rotation. And um, there was around 23, 24 minutes. And I was able to get my rhythm, get my groove. And um, just kind of took off from there. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that point about not knowing when you're able to play. Now, I've been around this league a long time, over 30 years, and I seem to think that that kind of role is better suited for a guy that's been in the league for 10 years. He's seen everything. He's done everything. Yeah. You know, Steve Kerr was really good at that because he figured out early on, I'm a shooter. I'm going to play that's my main strength. And so he was really good at, you know, playing 10 minutes one night, not playing the next. He never let it affect him that much. And then, you know, the other part about it is, is I was watching it last year and it seemed that you got better as the year went on playing with Steph Curry. And people would say, well, why was that, that uh, transition at all? It is transition. Steph's a unique player. It takes a while to figure him out as a playing off of that. What do you think you're better at now playing with Steph than maybe you were, you know, at the beginning of your rookie season? Uh, in terms of like, Team-wise, playing with him out there, or like personal. Yeah, being able to being able to like use Steph to your advantage, if you will. Um, it's really, really exciting. Um, and it was really fun to be out there with him, because when I was out there with the second unit, and we weren't together, <laughs> you kind of kind of felt the energy, like, all right, this is we got to send two at him, or let's get the ball out of his hands a little bit. You can't do that when Steph's on the court. So coaches still want me to be aggressive, try to go get a bucket or make a play for somebody else. Meanwhile, you have to stay connected to Steph the entire time. Because if you don't, like, that's a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Being able to get Steph the ball, like I was telling somebody, he can get his shots whenever 
he wants to. He can make tough shots. He can go get his 30, 40 a night. But why do that if you can get an easy catch and shoot three, you know, or uh, coming off the screen and get an easy look? Uh, I mean, it was good just to be able to kind of at least distribute that to him a little bit. Um, then with all, within all of that is to opens up a lot a lot of the floor for me because essentially it's four, it's four and four um, because they're not, a lot of times they're face guard and Steph or they're throwing two at him. Yeah, for our seat up top, you can really see the gravity of Steph. Now, you know, when he has the ball and you're on, say, the near side, he's on the far side, and all eyes are focused on him. You can drift. You can, you know, get to a spot. It's, yeah, and credit to the coaching staff for allowing me to just kind of just play naturally with that. I think we're both two unique players, and um, we both can dribble pass and shoot the ball, and we're playmakers. So having that dual threat out there at the same time is, is pretty tough to guard. Before I let you go, give us a little peek into the, the camp. How are the young guys looking? And, and uh, it's, as you mentioned before, it's great to have everybody back. Wiseman's around, Clay's around. It's got to be great to have those guys there. Yeah, man, you feel the energy. You feel the energy. You can kind of uh, feel this building up, especially from my first year all the way up until now. You know, Clay's only a couple months out. James is only, you know, a couple months out. Um, and everybody's locked in. I think we know this is a big year for us. And, um, you know, what we're capable of and what our goals are. And we're extremely focused, extremely locked in. And, um, you know, we got, a, we got a good group. We got a good group over here, and we think we can get it done. So uh, just try to go out there and get better every single day and you know, try to bring home a ship. Final topic. I have a soft spot for you because I have rescued dogs since I was a teenager. We always have a rescue in the house. And I know you love animals. I know you've done some stuff down at shelters. Where did that come from? And, and where, where does that fit in your life? Um, 100% my mom. 100%. When I was extremely young, I was just talking to her about this uh, a couple of days ago. We wanted to pet me and my younger sister. We were really really little um and she took us to the humane society and we were able to walk around and see what pets that we wanted and um got really attached to my first cat his name was blink like with your eyes yeah first, my first time and um he was an amazing pet like absolutely amazing you just kind of felt the connection and stuff and then after that Growing up, I would volunteer with the shelter at home. So I would go and I would clean like um, clean like the areas where the pets would be. I'd take them out for walks. I was in the orphan bird care program. Um, but it's just good to just, you know, give back to obviously so many pets who deserve love, um, who are looking for a home. Um, and if I can just go out there and my free time, play with some animals, but I do that anytime, anytime. It's a really good stress reliever. Um, they don't care about sports. They don't care about no. anything you and um, the fact that they want to play. And, um, you know, they're good for your heart, man. They're good for your soul. And um, shout out shout out to all of the, the homeless or shout out to all the shelters and all of the animals out there. Yeah, pets don't have agendas. They don't have, a, you know, jealousy. You know, if you have a pet, you could have the worst day at work and you come home, that pet's going to act like yeah. you're their best friend, you know? I told my man, I was like, man, if you go out there and you, you go over 14, over 15, you come back home, the cat's still sitting right there at the door waiting for you to <laughs> pet him on the head and check your sin as you come in, so. Yeah. That's, that's the best, man. That's the best. This is a good way to end it. Uh, hey, Jordan, I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. And let's do it again sometime. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you.
Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jordan Poole. I certainly did. I know that he had some fun with it as well. We learned a lot, and uh, I learned a lot. And uh, I've got some of uh, my assignment. I've got my homework assignment now to go and, and listen to some music that I've never heard before. So I will get right on that. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast or if you have suggestions for our podcast or you want to take part in it, you'll be able to do that by contacting me either on Twitter at Warriors Vox, that's Warriors V-O-X on Twitter, or send me an email, timroy at warriors.com. That's T-I-M-R-O-Y-E at warriors.com. We will try to answer as many comments and questions as we can in our upcoming episodes. And again, thanks for listening. I'm Tim Roy.